Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's the thing, Quentin. You can't go back and say two films you released are actually one film. We're not idiots. It's two films, mate. He thinks because he wrote them together that it's one film and it was just the studio's yeah, decision right, to right. release them. Two. He's all like, oh, I'm only going to make ten films in my life. Then he's like, oh, shit, I've made ten films. Actually, I made nine films so far. <laughs> That's what he said. No, do what you want, Quinn. That's okay. Also, why does he have this arbitrary rule of I can only make ten films? I feel like that's a well, weird thing. Well, I was reading about The Empire. He said that he wants his last film. He wants to know he's making his last film. Aww. He doesn't want to die. That's kind of sweet. You know, not knowing that. Yeah, you can't write an amateur. So have I. I'm just saying, though, you buy Kill Bill 1 and you put one DVD in the DVD mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. And then you want oh. to watch Kill Bill 2 mm-hmm. and you put number 2 yeah. in the DVD player. Mm-hmm. They are two separate films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Hi there, everybody. This is I Only Like You and Movies. And guess what? What? We like each other. Oh. We've seen a film this week. <laughs> so... Living up to the name of the podcast. Good thing we've done, we've done that. Otherwise, we wouldn't have any talk about it, would we? If we didn't like each other, didn't like movies, didn't have watched one. There'd be no podcast. There'd be no podcast. Mm. We'd be like, oh, why are we here? Why are we here? <laughs> why? Okay. <laughs> this week, we put aside three hours of our life to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the new Quentin Tarantino film. Question for you. Yes. Would Quentin be the successful if he didn't have a cool name? I don't think so. Is it his real name? I think so. Yeah, Jerome is his middle name. That's more like him. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Maybe not. Look. It helps. Put it that way. It helps with so the weirdness. Tarantino, like it's not like Smith, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Quentin Smith. <laughs> Quentin Smith makes very different movies to what Quentin yeah, Tarantino makes. Right. I've seen maybe half of these films now, not mm. for any particular reason. I haven't had an aversion to them. Well, a little bit because a lot of them came out in the nineties, early two thousands when we were a bit young to watching these, especially in the cinema. Mm-hmm. And you know, since then, you know, lots of movies out there. You mm-hmm. know, and it's kind of the bro culture about the movies. I've kind of been put off by. Yes. But having seen them, I quite like them. You know. Mm-hmm. And he's, I don't know. Sometimes he comes off, off like a bit weird in real life. But you know what? He loves movies, and that's fine. He'd be good in the show, wouldn't he? Yes. If it was about him and Emma Thurman and yes. movies. Now, what's your experience with the old QT? So, oh my God. So, <laughs> I, when I turned 18, I had like a week of celebrations of things, doing things that I couldn't do before mm. I was 18. Mm-hmm. And one of those celebrations was going to Blockbuster, which was very much still alive in my time, and renting out a bunch of R-rated movies that I've always always wanted to see. Not adult films, just like R-rated mm-hmm. ones. And mm-hmm. amongst them was Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. So that's how I saw 
those three movies. Mm. Um, I watched Inglorious Bastards and I had nightmares about it probably for about a month. It really <laughs> fucked me up and not in a good way. Okay. Um, and then this one. Mm. So I know it's blasphemy for a film student to say, mm. but I don't think I like Quentin Tarantino movies. Not blasphemous. I don't think they're for me. Well, that's okay. Overall, I, I'm, I lean towards that. I'm not. I'm not telling that camp, but mm. I'm more towards that than being a huge fan. But I just can't deny that he's a good filmmaker. That's yeah. the problem for me. You know. Is he? Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> Glad we <laughs> solved yeah. that. I really like Django. I saw that for the first time recently, and again, that was the one put aside a whole afternoon to watch it and it was good it's worth it what about this one let's talk about this film maybe right, should, sure. considering it's the movie of the week so it was long it yep. was three out like three hours and we're not being hyperbolic it is literally a three hour movie um where nothing happens just lots of conversations just very slow stuff happens does it yeah or do we have a 40 minute segment of her watching a film and then Brad Pitt walking around in the um, cult took like just twenty minutes yeah. of walking, and yeah, because he's being the real cowboy. He's living the life. Yep. That Leonardo got it. Is pretending, mm-hmm. and Leo has a whole crisis and comes out being the best actor in the end. Yeah, I just I think the scope of this film was too wide because. I don't know, three quarters of the film was this thing and then it was suddenly six months later and then it was something else and trying to incorporate the Mansons. I, I just felt like there was too much going on. Well, I thought, I thought the opposite. I thought the scope was quite narrow. There's only like a day in their life with a few flashbacks mm. and then it was a little bit about what had happened when he went off to Italy and came back and it was the day of the, of the murders and we're all thinking it's the murder day and then we don't realise until the very end that He's doing another revisionist history sort of thing. I guess so. I thought it was quite narrow in what they did. He didn't... It literally was just this one day in their lives and the crazy stuff happened in Hollywood, you know? Well, it dragged for me, so... That's okay. I I got to be halfway and I was like, oh, we're just doing this one day. We're really going to follow this story. A few days, maybe. I thought it was going to be a bit... I thought it was going to be looking over like 10 years of Hollywood history or anything, but it really mm. wasn't. And the Manson stuff was there, but it wasn't the extreme focus that I thought it was going to be. When you think he's doing a movie about the Manson murders, they're barely in it, really, I think they? that's what annoyed me, is like either do a movie on that or do a movie on this. I don't know. I didn't like it. And maybe it's probably because I don't have a lot of knowledge about that about the Manson family and about the murders and everything. So I didn't pick up on, like, that was the day of the murders. Like you said, we were anticipating this. For me, it was just like, right, what's happening now? Did you know that those characters, all those people got killed in real life? No, not until you told me. Oh, okay. So that's why I was like, "Mm, okay. I was like, weird ending. I feel like that is probably assumed knowledge for most people going into the film. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm you know, in the minority where I didn't really get a lot of the well, things yeah, that was when, happening. When she came out and she was pregnant, I was like, oh, shit, here we go. Yeah. It's about to start. And someone said on Reddit that it was a bit before the 
the killers come into the house, the bit on the radio or the TV gets turned off and it says, and now the moment you've been waiting for. Yeah, I think so. And so it's like we're all, like everyone seeing this film is like, oh, this is going to happen. And I I kind of thought as well, because we spent so much time six months before this, Mm -hmm. you kind of get lulled into thinking, oh, cool, we're getting to see her, we're experiencing her as as a person, how cool is she? Knowing in the back of your mind things aren't going to turn out well. Mm. And then when it got to those bits, I was like, oh, wait, yeah, this is going to happen now because we're at this time. Yeah. But um, obviously it didn't go that way. So you feel like if you knew that stuff going in, that might have been better? Look, maybe. The dramatic irony and tension could have been in those moments a bit more? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Did Brad Pitt kill his wife? Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. I don't know, did he? That's my question to you. Oh, I meant like in real life, did he? He's he's not a real character. Oh. God's sakes, how am I supposed to keep track of who's real, who's not, the revisionist history and what actually happened? (laughs) Right? Well, they're based on real characters, or real people, I should say. But, yeah. And I guess that was was a little bit Nollywood style Mm -hmm. going on there. But he's the coolest guy in this film and he did good things and had the moral character and help people in the end, had a great puppy. But did he kill his wife? You know, that's the question. And I'd... It's, it's interesting they made the coolest character have that wrinkle to him. Mm. And I, I know that sounds flippant of me, but he didn't just make him a, a, a good guy, 100% moral. Yeah, he... I don't think they explored that enough, though, if they were using it to make him nuanced. It was sort of a throwaway line at one point and never addressed again. But I guess that could be... You know, Leo didn't really care whether. Well, he didn't get any work after that, and kind of, and that impacted on Leo's career as well. Mm. I thought it was interesting seeing Brad Pitt playing a sort of supporting character in this film. Like I know he's got lots of solo scenes, but for me, it was very much, and maybe it's because that was the dynamic between his character and Leo's character. But Mm. was it Brad Pitt they were talking about with that thing where they said he's a, a leading man's I've said that before. He's a character, character actor in a, in a leading man's body. Yeah. But even then, he leads movies, so like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. quite work. But he's less of a movie star, yes. even though he's got movie star good looks. Yes. You know what I mean? Is it possible he's going to win Best Supporting Actor for this film and also Best Actor for Ad Astra? No. I don't think Ad Astra is going to win. Are you sure? Everyone's getting... Everyone's raving about it. Really? It's Five just star looks like reviews. another bloody space movie. So many space movies. <laughs> Too many, I would say. <laughs> How many rom-coms can you have set in New York? 20 million. Thank okay. you. And I will not hear anything to the contrary. <laughs> see you, one, you see them all. No. How dare you. All the performances in this film are amazing. Let's talk mm-hmm. about that. Margot's great. Yep. Um, the feet are good. Okay. Shall we address the feet? Shall we? Shall we do that? I, I feel like I'm going to anyway. So, going back to Quentin's a good director mm-hmm. argument. So you set up this wonderful shot of through a car windscreen, and you've got Brad Pitt being amazing, and you've got this new actress who's Andy McDowell's daughter apparently, who is really wonderful in the film, and it's framed beautifully, and you've got a little lens flare happening, and the lighting's beautiful, and I love the colours, and it's very sixties, and then. You ruin it 
by asking her to put her feet on the freaking dashboard in the center of the frame so close to the camera mm. that that is all you can see. Yeah, a lot of feet. A lot of feet going on. The same with Margot in the cinema. Why? Firstly, yeah, well, bad cinema etiquette. Secondly, mm-hmm, she well. was wearing boots. So she would have had socks on. So she's taken off her boots and her socks in a cinema and then put her dirty, sweaty feet on the seat in front of her. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Look, I don't want to shame anybody and, you know, you've got some feet stuff going on, that's okay. And maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. But, like, maybe you do. You, pr- you do. But... Here's one thing I'll say about the feet. Yeah. Right. You don't see feet on t- on TV or screen much. So, Are you, have you become a feet apologist? Is that what we? Is that the angle you're going at just, today? I'm just saying. How I was thinking, you don't see feet much when I saw her feet up on there. I was like, maybe that's just what Quinton's about. He's like, feet. It's all about faces and stuff in these movies. Where are the feet? So, I'm okay with it. You're okay with the feet. Cool. I'm not okay with the feet because it took over every shot that they were in and I couldn't focus because all I was looking at was the feet. I hated it. Also, quick question. When Michael was in the cinema and she was watching the movie, she wasn't in that movie. It was a movie that had already existed. That wasn't her. Well, it was her in Story World. That wasn't actually her, though. Exactly. But why would they do that but then superimpose Leo into Great Escape? That was a fantasy sequence and a joke. The bit with him because he didn't get that role in universe. And I feel like it would have been disrespectful to Sharon Tate, which is the movie is a love letter to her and the people who died in real life to have replaced her. Movies do that all the time, though, when they recast. Any movie that's made about real people reenact stuff. Is it different because she got murdered and stuff? Well, yeah. Okay. (laughs) And I... I liked it, because it is like, the whole thing is a fantasy, even though it's set in real life. I thought it was nice to have her there in real life, in real the real film there. I think it would have had a sour taste in everyone's mouth if they went to all this effort and then just put Margot Robbie in it. Okay, again, this is me not understanding it, because I was confused that whole sequence. I was like, because there was that interaction with her where she said she was Sharon Tate and the photos and stuff and I went ah that's not really her she's pretending and then I went oh you saw Charles Manson and you're in stuff with Polanski you're like a bad person I didn't know that that was meant to be her I thought she was like psychotic 
okay. and pretending to be this actress. So I had a totally wrong reading of that. But Well, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from there, maybe, but it was like she was... The movie presented her living in the house with Roman Kapolensky and went to that party and they're all talking about her as her and stuff. Like, Do you want to give me your breakdown of the stars you're going to give this film? Um, look, I think I've discovered Quentin's, like, formula. It's lots of long, drawn-out scenes where not much happens and then there's a few scenes of over-the-top exaggerated violence and I'm not really sure what the point is. It's the, mm-hmm. So this whole thing about Quentin's violence in his films, everyone's like, yeah, that's the point. But no, hang on, what is the point? The point is that violence equals bad? Is that it? Is that what you're saying? And it's weird that we're watching this? Is that is that the point? Because for me, that's not enough of a point. And I don't really understand why this man gets trillions of dollars thrown at him by Hollywood execs to fulfill his like slasher porn fantasies. I for me it seems so self-indulgent and just I really don't enjoy watching that kind of stuff. Um it reminded me of how bad Kill Bill was for me to watch, but I just feel like I I kind of understand that the point of it is to have the opposite reaction and there were people in our cinema that were laughing like because it was so exaggerated and so over the top but I just don't understand why like again I'm not the person that these movies are made for I don't understand why you would want that in a film and what you're trying to say with that um so I'm I think not that this matters but I don't think I'm going to watch any more of his films I just don't think they're for me they really turn me off I don't understand the point of them and I I don't find that enjoyable to watch someone's face be smashed in or mm-hmm. to watch someone on fire dying. Here's a question for you. I, I totally get that. 100% support you and everything, just for the sake of argument. Mm. A lot of people die in, like, Avengers. Yeah, but it's not graphic. I think that's the issue. It's the graphicness. Okay. Yeah. What about, like, something like Jason Bourne where, like, you could make the same argument. What's the point of the violence in those films? Well, I think with Jason Bourne, the idea is that he's like a secret agent, a spy, so they're Mm. showing how good he is at getting out of situations. He's inventive in the way that he fights by grabbing whatever's nearby him or whatever. Mm. But, yeah, that's true. There are some bits in that where I have to go, like, oh, and look away for a second. But it's... I think the difference is him punching a guy in the face once and that guy being knocked out to this movie where Brad Pitt just punches the face over and over and over Mm. again and then the exaggerated nature of bone breaking and the sound effects and the blood and um that's what i don't like like she one of the girls was dead very early on Mm. you didn't need to shove her head into the pole (laughs) to make sure i I agree with you i think if your problem is with the over the topness that's that's a fair enough point counterpoint to that Mm -hmm. just for the sake of argument is it more or less realistic when you punch someone once and they fall over knocked out and then it's over with no blood or anything mm-hmm. or Avengers where they can kill all these aliens and no one really cares anything about them compared to this where perhaps you see, you hear the, the bones breaking, which would happen in real life or the blood is there like it would be in real life. I know what you mean, that like punching someone once and then falling over is really like 
cartoonish. Cartoonish, and it was used a lot in older but films. More palatable. However, film. my counter counterpoint would be that I'm not looking for 100% realism in my fictional films. Mm. If I'm watching a documentary on boxing, sure, show me all that. But I think that that's one of the things that film doesn't have to show. For example, we didn't see. You don't see the characters waking up and going to the toilet and driving to and from each scene. You just see the, the scenes. That, for me, is the same as those things. You just cut out those things that don't work. The same as, like, everyone's hair's perfect in Avengers and everyone's makeup's perfect and they don't show that. Mm. Realistically, wouldn't that, like, you're in the rain, wouldn't your eyeliner and mascara be going everywhere? Like, that kind of stuff. So, for me, it's, it's one of those things that I don't need to see. It just is unnecessary to me. That's my... Counter counterpoint. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but if he's going, he's going hyper realistic. I understand that. That's well, I mean, the other thing is, it hits his tenth or ninth film, depending how you look at it. Mm. If you go in thinking like, and this surprises you, maybe it's like, well, by now you should know the film wasn't made for you. And yeah, it didn't so, surprise me. That's yeah, no, no, I'm, not even particular. I'm just saying in general, mm-hmm. if that sort of thing bothers you, this yeah. isn't the film for you, no. and everyone should know that by now. It's not shouldn't be a surprise. Like if this was on play school, it'd be a bit different. But no, I, I just don't understand why we're still giving this guy <laughs> money mm. to do the same thing over and over again. Yeah, the question as well is like, do we think it's do you think it's indulgent, and that's perhaps the reason why it turns people off. The other side of it is like, are we getting too warped up into auteur theory just because he's a famous director and everyone knows him and he's, he's a bit of a there's a cult of celebrity around him when. Like, you know, who directs Jason Bourne? You know, to the general person, they wouldn't know that, so they don't have those thoughts about the violence. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess so. It's a question like, do all these opinions, good and bad, and all the film bros and all those people talking about Quentin Tarantino, is that a lot because of the celebrity status around him? Mm. Like other films, which are just as violent or just as problematic, perhaps don't get the same attention because mm-hmm. because of that. So nothing you said is wrong. You good arguments, and if you if you don't like them, don't have to watch them. That's I guess that's the thing. And like there are some films where people just talk, and we love them, like the Before series. Yeah, so, but this didn't feel like that to me. I don't well, think it was the best example of that's, that. That's my overall opinion about everything to do with film and, and art and everything. If it works, it works for you. And that's mm. so. There's no rules really, and you can have a film where people just talk, and you like that. It worked for you somehow, compared to another film where it doesn't work. Yeah. So the rule that you can't have films where people talk isn't really a rule because you can no, do that. It can't can work. I think I'm just frustrated, like, I don't know. He's a white male director. Mm-hmm. He's made lots of very expensive, very well-received films. Maybe let's invest that money into some stories that we haven't seen before rather than letting him do the same thing sort of over again. I think that's where I go with it, but mm-hmm. I understand your point. Right, star rating. Um, two stars for me, probably for performances. For the dog, right? And the dog, Brandy, who was amazing. I love her. Great dog. She's a great dog. Played by three dogs, you said? Apparently. Hmm. I wish, like, I hope the dog that got to eat all the time was really happy. Hopefully they all got to eat a few times. I know, I hope it's not just one dog <laughs> that got all the food. Yeah. What are you giving I mean, it? Four stars, really liked it. And I'd like to watch it again. Mm-hmm. But I do have those same concerns about the violence. But also, like, it is a movie, so, I mean... Do you think you get more out of it watching it again? Like, yeah, the references sure. and stuff? Yeah. yeah. And, like, I, 
I know a little bit more about some of the things that happened than you do, but I'm not a huge expert on on TV in the 1960s or of um, the Manson murders, but I, I knew of the Manson family in general. Mm-hmm. But I think I knew enough that it gave me... I was, yeah, I was more tense in those moments. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about you just like, yeah, why? why? Why are we worried right now? And I'm like, tense, I'm thinking, <laughs> they're, about to, they're about to die any moment. And you're like, it's over yet. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Yeah. I think that's interesting, though, that we can both go into the same movie and have completely different mm. reactions to it. For me, that's like when people like go see Avengers Endgame, not having seen the other ones, yeah. and they've got no idea why it's important when he's like... Avengers assemble and they're like everyone's like whoa and then someone's like yeah they assemble why <laughs> why do you care yeah I guess so hmm. all right well I don't think we'll be seeing Sine at the tenth and final film of Quentin Tarantino no but you know why not fair enough cool Calabunga. nineteen sixties slang not really Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles snake well you got it from the surface so excuse me yeah. Sorry, is Cowabunga it... a real thing that people said? Yeah, the surfers did. The surfer dudes. Is, surfer dudes, which is kind of related to. How did that Los get into turtles? Because they spoke like nineteen dark surfers. We don't even have a can of worms here. We'll, okay. get, we'll get back to you next time more information about Cowabunga dudes. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.